Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. Well, we are glad. I'm glad to be here with you. Um, again, a few words of, of introduction who I, I am and, and a little bit of why I'm here. Uh, for some of you who have been here for a while, uh, kind of a family connection, I am your former pastor, Jeff Berger's uncle. Uh, so how many of you were here when, when he was here? Okay, just a few. All right, things, things change uh, over time. Uh, I was pastor down the road in Kennedy from 1995 to 2003, so uh, I've been familiar with your church, been in your church dozens of times, uh, but this is my chance, first chance Sunday morning. I want to thank Pastor Kevin for giving me this opportunity. The first time he ever met me, he asked me to preach here. So he is either a man of great faith or he was really desperate that day. I'll let you decide which one, but I'm going to go with the, he was a man of great faith. And we'll go with that today. Uh, it, it is good to be with you. A, a thank you that is long overdue is just someone to come and thank your church for being a partner with us. Now, you, you heard Becky say uh, Stitch Ministries. For some of you, you're thinking, why is this guy from a quilting ministry <laughs> preaching here today? Now, Stitch Ministries stands for South Texas Children's Home. And, and we yes, we are a children's home. And down the road in Beeville, outside Beeville, uh, close to Pettis, uh, but we have nine different ministries that we do, and one of those ministries is family counseling. And, and for a number of years, we had a family counseling office here in Stockdale that we did in conjunction and cooperation and partnership with this church. Thank you for all of that. Thank you for that work that was done and the lives that were impacted and changed. We still do that. We face a, an ongoing, I guess, uh, place of struggle where you can pray for us in that we always need counselors. We only do Christian counselors, we do licensed professional counselors, we do biblical counseling, so we're kind of in a narrow place of what we do in that, uh, but pray for us that we would find counselors, and we are being overwhelmed now with clients. My wife is a counselor for Sitch Ministries where we live in Victoria, and uh, she came home the other day before Christmas, now everything will kind of get a reset at, at the new year, but... She said, there's, we have all of our client load already, people they were seeing, and there's 80-something people we still need to see who have never even gotten in. So it is an ongoing struggle for us. So we need your prayers in that. For those of you who know us, and, and every time I speak, there's people who know us and people who have never heard of us before, but we are one of the, the, the ministries that you support through your cooperative program gifts here in Texas. And we've been caring for kids uh, who have no other place to go outside Beeville since 1952. Add to that, we now have two campuses, and that's another thing you can pray for. We have a new second campus for homes for families. That's single moms and their kids who are in a residential care environment where we're trying to help them to get back where they can be on life on their own and handle things in, in a way that honors God. Uh, so we've got one outside Goliad, not too far away from here. And then 
the Blue Bonnet Youth Ranch outside Yoakum that some of you may have heard of in different times, that is now one of our campuses for single moms and their kids. So pray for us as we go into this new venture. It was not something we had planned to do, we wanted to do, but the way the state has changed, how they deal with folks like us in childcare has changed drastically, and, and Blue Bonnet could no longer really staff a children's home there. So we, we have, are, have entered a partnership with them to take care of single moms and their kids. Uh, there's a lot of new things that are going on, but those are the things I would say. Pray for us in that, and, and you're supporting us, and you're helping us through your cooperative program gifts. What you've done above and beyond that through the years, we thank you for that. We thank you for the, the lives that you're changing and touching. If you've got more questions about, yes, you can still see a family counselor here in Stockdale. You're not in town, but you can see a person online or you can go to one of our counseling centers. If you or a family member needs that, I'll be glad to talk to you about that. It'll be someone that will talk to you about things and from a biblical view, and there is no fee for that. We encourage donations, and it's your gifts as churches that help us to do things like that. Uh, again, we, we still care for kids, and, and that is an ongoing thing. And I'll just say, we, we've got more people to counsel than we've ever had, but we have fewer kids than we've ever had. So there's room on our campus for kids who need a place to go. And that, that can be for families who are just in a time of struggle that they, they're not sure how this is going to play out, either grandparents who have custody of grandchildren and there's health crisis or financial crisis, that's a common thing, and kids come to stay with us, maybe for a short time, not a weekend, but for a time, and, and we can help out with that. I've, I've spent 27 years being pastor of, of South Texas churches, and I just know in every church in every community, there's one or two or three kids or maybe a family of kids who they really need another place to go. And, and that's what we have provided a place for and what you have helped us to provide a place for through the years. Thank you for that, and thank you for your help in that. Know that we have places open and available, and we'd love to talk to you more about that. I'll be around after we're done today to talk to you more about that. But uh, I, I can look at some of you and tell this is the first time you've been in church all year. <laughs> some of you just, that just went, shoo, okay. Uh, how does he know? <laughs> so what we want to do today is look into God's Word and get equipped and be ready for, for what God has in store for us. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, if you turn with me to, to Matthew 6, 33. Now, I have on my phone version. It's a Bible app. Uh, I'm not here to promote that. I don't get any money for that. Not advertising that. I've just found that that's something that's been very helpful for me. And in 2021, for the first time after reading through the Bible many times, I listened through the Bible. I just listened through the entire book of the Bible, books of the Bible in, in 2021, and it was a different experience. Uh, I, I'm more of a visual learner, so I really had to concentrate on that. But because I'm I have that app. I, I get things from them. And, and uh, Uversion is probably the most popular Bible app that's out there. In the last year, and they give you an annual report every year, uh, you know, 55.8 billion, billion with a B, chapters were read on their Bible app in the past year. That's up significantly. Each year we get into this pandemic, it goes up. It keeps going up. Uh, People who listen, like me, there were 8.2 billion, billion with a B, 
chapters of the Bible listened to. And on, on this app, you can look up or create a highlight or bookmark, and there were 2.4 billion verses looked up and highlighted. The number one verse, if you have not figured it out yet, from 2021 is John, uh, Matthew, I threw you a curve there, Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Let's pray. God, we come here today at the beginning of what we mark as a new year, but you are the same God. You never change. You are beyond our time, and you're not limited by it. But Lord, as we begin a, a new time for us, we pray that you would restore to us a vision of what you would have us to be and what you'd have us to become of what you'd have us to do because of what we are becoming and the kind of people that follow Jesus and make his kingdom known and who are part of that kingdom work. I thank you, Lord, for these people who have gathered here today. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have here in this moment to look into your word and let you speak to us. And that's what we pray you would do right now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. What are the, all these things? Well, Jesus was speaking in, in this point in the Sermon on the Mount about life's uncertainties, about questions that don't have answers, that we feel like we should have answers to. What, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? How, how's life going to turn out? What are we going to do? How are we going to handle this new situation that we've been thrown into? And for some of the people that Jesus was speaking to, like, like I'm speaking to right now, some of you have bright future ahead and looking forward to things. Some of you, there's some dark clouds. But all of us, there is uncertainty. We don't know what 2022 is going to bring us. But this verse throughout my life has just been something that God has continually brought and I continually see uses for. And I'll share some of those with you today. But there are several things that... that this gives us a key to move forward with, even when we don't know what we're getting into, even when we don't know where we are going. There's some keys here that I want us to look at today and I want us to walk away from here with. And let me just say, if you've memorized John 3.16 and you haven't memorized anything else, I would suggest you memorize this verse. It's very simple and it's easy to get down. That can be your resolution for 2022. Thank you. I, I just gave you one. So when people ask you, you can tell them. How do we live this out? This tells us some key things. First thing it tells us is how to set our priorities. How to set our priorities. Set our priorities on the things of God. Set our priorities on the things of Jesus. We are to seek first. Let's just focus there for a minute. In, in all the chaos and all the uncertainty, I'm not supposed to look for peace. I'm not to look for calm. I'm not to look for assurance. I am to look for his kingdom and his righteousness. I seek that above all else. Now, the way Jesus, in the language Jesus spoke in, in that day, he, he had a way of saying you're, you're looking for a thing, like you're looking for your car keys. You, you, I just saw some side glances there. Okay, yeah, some of y'all did had to do that this morning. Uh, and then there's another word to you're seeking a person. 
You're seeking someone who you need contact with or is lost. There's a sense of urgency about this. There's a seeking for a thing and seeking for a person. Jesus uses the word here for seeking for a person. You're looking for someone, not something. Seek that first. And we'll, we'll talk about the kingdom and righteousness for a moment, but let's just focus on that word because another aspect of that word that he used is he meant not just one time. Yes, we make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus. And when, when he comes into our lives and his Holy Spirit changes us, we are changed forever. But this is an ongoing decision Jesus is talking about to seek first in your life every day, every moment, every decision, his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, how do we go about that? We, we set a priority that in things that I have to do, in things that are before me, I put him first. I seek him first. I follow him first. And I do this as a constant action. Uh, Stephen Covey, who has written and made millions of dollars uh, in writing books and telling people how to live and how to do business, uh, had this statement that I think is true regardless of the context uh, anything less than a conscious commitment to the important is an unconscious commitment to the unimportant. That's been true in my life. Anything less than a conscious decision, priority on that which is important, I unconsciously make a decision to do what's unimportant or to focus on that. Here's what Jesus is saying. Seek first this kingdom and this righteousness. Put it first in your day. Put it first in your day. Spend some time before anything else happens talking with God, hearing from God. Your pastor can help you with that. He, he can show you some ways to do this. A Bible app is, is a great thing for those of you who are more into technology. How can I put him first? How can I hear from him first? Put him first in my day, but put him first in my life. When I run into uncertainties and I don't know what to do, I don't know how to handle this situation, I seek him first. That, that helps us as we, we put these other things in line and these other things in order. In other words, as, as Jesus is telling here, us here, I'm seeking a person, not a thing. You need peace because you're anxious? Don't seek peace. Seek Jesus. And when you get to Jesus, when you spend time with him, he gives you peace. You, you need a sense of, of a plan. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. I, I'm looking for information. In a spiritual sense, don't seek that information. Seek the one who can give you that information. Look for a person, not a thing. So many times in our Christian lives, we, we are looking for things. We are praying for things. We are asking for things. And what Jesus is telling us here is those things come to you when you are with me, when you're walking with me, when you're knowing me. Those things are provided. But will you take the time to spend time with me, to seek this first? That's a good challenge for us for this coming year. It's a good challenge for us for a church. And I need to say this because all of these yous here, seek you first, or as you in King James, seek ye first, whatever it may be, and provided for you, it's all plural. Now, we read it and we think, okay, that's speaking to me personally. And yes, it does. But Jesus is speaking to all of his disciples. He is speaking to the church. And this is a word for churches. How do we know what to do in the coming year? How do we, how do we figure out what to do with this situation, what we're going to face? Churches are ha constantly having to make decisions. There's a word in the church today that, 
that we've never had before. It's called decision fatigue. We get tired of having to make decisions on new things that we have to deal with. Where do we go to? We go here. We seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, knowing that what we really need is going to be provided. We set Him first. We seek Him first. We follow Him first. It teaches us to set priorities as Jesus lines them out. Here's the second key that it does. It teaches us how to hold on to what's really valuable, to hold our values, the values that Jesus gives us, his kingdom and his righteousness. So let's talk about that for a moment. What are we really talking about? In the kingdom, for, for today's sake, let me give you a real quick definition. What is this kingdom? Jesus talks about this kingdom a lot this kingdom, if we boil it down, is the, the, the rule, the reign, the influence, the power that God brings into this world when he changes a life, when it's changed because of Jesus Christ. There's influence, there's power in that that is eternal and that is overwhelming and that cannot be undone. That's what we seek, this kingdom where Jesus is changing lives, my life and others' lives, so that he is reigning over it and he is bringing his influence into this world. The kingdom of heaven is beginning to work its way into this place and into our place and into our world and into our lives. That's the kingdom that we are to seek. And it has to start with me, but it's bigger than me. It involves your church, but it is bigger than your church. But it has to start with your church and it has to start with you. That kingdom where Jesus rules and reigns and he changes lives and there is this power that nothing can stop. That's what I am to seek to be a part of. And that's what I'm to seek to know and, and to facilitate his kingdom and his righteousness. Now we hear that word righteousness. And too often in our day, what it goes along with is the word self, self-righteousness. There's a self-righteous person. Irritates you. They think they're better than you. That is not at all what Jesus is talking about here. He is not talking about a self-righteous person. The word righteous, yes, did mean, yes, there's a moral code, there's, there's a way to live that God has laid out, and that person's living it, but not because it's a law, not because it's a rule, but because there is a relationship. This rightness means a oneness. It means a connection with God. It means a, a relationship that brings a sense of unity between you and your heavenly Father and a sense of unity between you and others because he is at work to do that. And this righteousness is what he wants us to experience and what he wants us to know, what he wants you to become. I don't know what 2022 holds for you, but I know God wants you to be a part of his kingdom and his work. I know and I can tell you that he wants you to grow in righteousness. He wants that connection. So let's take those things and let's put them together. He wants us to seek his kingdom and that righteousness. I can't get to the kingdom until there's a sense of righteousness in me. We can say that the kingdom is things outside of me. And we can kind of push it to that level. And we can say his righteousness are things inside of me and inside of others. It's a much more personal thing. To seek his righteousness, to be right with him, to walk with him, to know him, to follow him, and to be a part of what he's doing. Now, what I do at Stitch Ministries, after 27 years of being a senior pastor and being in ministry since 1984, I, I came into this position six years ago. And what I do is have a ministry to ministers and their families. And then I try to make a connection between churches and our ministry and our ministry and churches and the people in it. 
And so I'm doing this pretty much every Sunday. And in 2021, uh, I had to think to make sure I got that right this time, 2021, uh, I was in 38, on 38 different Sundays I was doing what I'm doing here. And that's down. I'm usually 40-something, but because of COVID and other things. So I see a lot of churches, and I, I'm around a lot of different people. And, and here's what I, I'm finding. There are churches that are growing that shouldn't be. They're not in a growing area. There are churches that are alive, and everything around them is falling apart. And there are churches that are in growing areas, and, and, and there are limitless possibilities, and they're struggling to, to survive. And what is it? And the best I can explain to you, and what I sense or what I see, is those churches that are thriving and that are growing and that are moving forward, even in a pandemic, are churches who have this right balance. There's this kingdom outside the walls that we are to be involved in, that, that we seek, and we, we know that God is at work in this world, and we want to be involved in it outside of the walls of our church and outside of our town and outside of our family and outside of my life. There is something bigger that I want to be involved in. They, they have that external focus that is healthy, and they have an internal focus that is healthy, and, it, and that can get out of balance. This righteousness is what we have to focus on in ourselves. And sometimes we can get self-centered as individuals and as churches. Where all we're thinking about is how, how, how do we meet needs, our needs? How, how can we find what we're looking for? How can, we, how can we get what it is that we are really searching for? Jesus said, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, it comes. You're going to find it. And if you're sitting in church wondering, I, I'm not finding, I'm not getting what I'm searching for, it may be that you're not in the wrong church, that you're seeking the wrong thing. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. That healthy external thing, that healthy internal thing. Check the balance in your life. Who out there are you praying would come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior in the coming year? Who, who out there, outside of this place, who's not here today, you want them to be here? Let that focus outside continue through your life and into your church. But also, yes, we have to look. What, it, what is it to be right with God and to truly walk with Him, to be one with Him, to be united with Him so I can be united with others so He can do His will through me? That's a big challenge. And there's always... The difficulty of getting that balance. But I would say the healthy churches, the growing churches, they have that healthy balance. They have both. It's not either or, it's both. Charles Swindoll came, came up with this that I wish years ago I would have known this as a pastor and would have used this as a pastor. But he said there's two questions when we're trying to decide what to do as an individual, as a family, and also as a church, especially as a church. Trying to decide what to do. Two questions. Does it build his kingdom? Is it about his kingdom? The second question is, does it build righteousness? Is it about this rightness with God, this relationship with God through Jesus Christ where lives are changed and we're growing in him? That's a good tool to face the coming year with. 
That's a good tool to face decisions with. Does it build the kingdom? Mm. It's, it's not a first priority. There's a lot of things I've got to do, a lot of things I've got to take care of, but that's not a first priority. Does it build righteousness? There's probably some other things that do that I need to put in places in my life. Those are good questions just to use to follow in your life, your personal life, your family, your church. Because Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. They'll be provided to you. So, first key, it teaches us to set the right priorities, Jesus' priorities. It teaches us to hold these values of his kingdom and of his righteousness and let those things do their work in our lives and through our lives. And then we get to, and this is a promise, we get to the part of the promise that we want to get to. All these other things are provided to you. What, what are the, all these other things? If you look in the context of whatever it is you're seeking, whatever question you don't have an answer to, whatever thing you're really struggling with, because God is a God who provides. God is a God who gives. God is a God who has a way and who has a plan, and we can follow him in it. All these things, now notice what it says, all, what's missing out of all? Nothing. Nothing that we really need. These things are provided. They are given to you. That means you don't earn it. That means, and some of you are already thinking, there's a formula here. If I do enough work in the kingdom, if I do enough good righteousness in my own life, then God's going to give me what I want. That is not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is more saying the path to what you're really looking for, you're going to find it when you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. When you get right with me and you walk with me, you're going to find I provide the things that you're really looking for. You can't get on your own. You can't make happen on your own. You can't bring about of your own ability or your own desire or your own effort. He provides these things. This is a, this is a very important thing for us to understand because so many of us get into this transactional thing and, instead of the relational thing. Okay, God, if I do this, you're going to do that. And you know how you realize you're doing that? Because you did something and that thing didn't happen. And you're saying, God, why didn't I get this thing? And God says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things are going to be provided to you. I don't earn it. It is a gift. It comes from his grace, but it comes where he is. And his kingdom and his righteousness and seeking him first is that path to that place where I can get it where I find it, where it's there with him, and he provides it to me. This time of year, I'm always reminded in January, it was a very dark time in my life in ministry and in my church in Victoria, where I'd been pastor for two years. A lot of good things were happening. Uh, a lot of people were, were coming. And, and then we found out right at Christmas time, one of the staff members at the church had misappropriated a lot of money very quickly. And, and we had to deal with that. And it was hard. And I remember a meeting that we had like this Sunday, this first Sunday after the, the new year where we had to sit down and, and come up with a plan of what we're going to do, how we're going to handle this situation with this person, with the church, and telling the church basically we're broke. We don't have any money in the bank. It, that This person has got, we've got debts out there that, that we've got to pay because they were put on the church credit card what, what do we do and how do we go about all of this? And this verse came to my mind and I shared that with that group. 
And one guy got up and walked out. Because, he said, if you keep giving to this cooperative program thing, you keep supporting missions, you keep taking up these offerings, we will have to close this church. And he got up and walked out. And the other said, no, let's just take this as a promise. That God said, if we seek him first, even though we don't know exactly how to handle this, if we seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness, he will provide. And that year we had the most phenomenal financial year we've ever had. It took a lot of heartache. It took a lot of hard conversations. It took a lot of painful things to go through. But God provided. And by the end of that year, we were back in the black and we were back doing things normally. But it took trusting God to trust Him with your circumstances. This is the final key to trust God with your circumstances. If, if you put first His these, these things that he calls us to do as priorities, if you hold these values, you can trust him with your circumstances. And he will be there. He will provide what it is that you truly need. He will do that as you as an individual. He will do that for you as a church. He, he can help in these situations. I drive through here, and I'm, I'm called back to a day... In late November of 2017, I drove through here, Stockdale, and I stopped at the Dairy Queen, and I had to stop, and I had to just get out and find a place just to sit for a little while because I'd just been up the road at Sutherland Springs, and, and part of what we did, some of us did, is we kind of were hosting or helping people as they came into uh, what was left of that church and sort of the memorial that they made there. And I was helping people in and out of that and did a shift of work there not too long after it had happened. And, and I got to the Dairy Queen here in Stockdale and just got out and got something to drink. I just needed to sit and kind of, you know, I wasn't terribly emotional, but I was just kind of shaken because the reality of what had happened was really hitting me. And I've, I've known that church and I've known that community since my days in Kennedy. I'd, I'd followed that. And the Sunday before that, I had sat with all of those people from that church at the annual meeting of our association. Sat right behind all those people who were killed. And I thought, what, what's going to become of this church? I mean, God, why? And, and I look now... And I see God has a way of providing. We don't understand a way. There, there is no way. There's no human explanation of that. There's no human way through that as a church. But it's not only still there, it's something different than it was, greater than it was, bigger than it was. God is doing things in our heartache, in our disappointments, in the darkness that we face to bring his light. How do we find that? I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I trust that all these things will be provided to me in Jesus Christ. So here's this last question. Is Jesus first in your life? Is he your first priority? Or are the things that he values or the things that you value? Are you trusting Jesus right now, first and foremost, with all of your circumstances, the things you can control and the things you cannot control? Is Jesus first in all of those areas? You know what? You can let him be today. 
And that's basically what it boils down to. Not something you've got to do except let him take control. Let him be first. He'll show you how to make him first. He'll show you what it means to be a part of his kingdom and his righteousness. He will show you how he provides. But the first thing it says is seek. Seek first. Will you do that today? Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.